In this week's episode of Studio we'll be reviewing the matches against Real Madrid and Sassuolo. We'll be previewing the upcoming games against Mönchengladbach and Bologna, this week's Moratti, Moji and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nino Tavalli-Ruzzari, wishing you back from what has been a, as always, intensive and exhausting week in the world of Inter and football generally. But before we get to all of that, let me introduce my panelists, starting with Mr. Positivity himself, who was not positive about Sassuolo, but was positive about Real Madrid, as we all were. But as but you know, given that Inter are as crazy as they are, it was completely upside down world. Um, so how are you feeling, Mr. Mo, Mo Mr. Mo Nassar? Uh, uh, unsurprisingly, I, I have a way to spin it positively. <laughs> I'm sure. No, you no, I'm, fe- I'm feeling great. It's it's uh, honestly it's difficult to to feel uh, to feel uh, upset. I said earlier today, uh, you wake up to an Inter win and Juve dropping points, uh, second in the table. Why not? You know, it's great. I'm all mm-hmm. in. Sounds great. Um, let, uh, we're also joined by our good friend from London, Mr. Will, William Beckman. Hello. I'd just like to remind everyone that at the end of last week's show, I did ask for three points and not six, because obviously six was completely unrealistic, given that we were playing Sassuolo. Um, but we did get three points anyway. So so we can blame Will. As a, no, no, I, I, was, I wasn't going <laughs> to accept any responsibility for anything i was just going to claim a sort of moral prediction win um seeing as actual prediction wins i don't get very often <laughs> well we, we we all got that one wrong because inter are crazy because they, they the game the game i expected against real madrid came against us all and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> we, we reversed psychology the hell out of that Sassuolo match <laughs> last week and it worked <laughs> It sure did. It sure did. We are also joined for the first time by uh, the Semper Interocom, a weekly feature writer. He writes what we learned from Inter this week, uh, making his studio Inter debut. Welcome, Mr. Jake Smalley. Wait, wait. Thanks very much for having me. It's good to <laughs> have you. Um, yeah, it's good to have you. We've been talking about this for quite some time. It's good to finally have you on. And I, and I thought I'd let you uh, introduce yourself uh, to uh, to our listeners. How did you become an Inter fan? And uh, tell us a little bit about your, your previous work, because you've worked for Man United as well. So go ahead. Yeah, well, to be honest, it's a bit of a strange one. Uh, I've always grown up watching a bit of Italian football. And uh, I got a chance to go over there for my 21st birthday to watch um, Inter against Napoli. Uh, it was a 1-0 win that, that night for Napoli. But sitting in the curve, just something just sparked an interest. And I've been over for the derby since, and I've just got an affiliation with the club now. I mean, I don't know why. It's it's really stressful. I mean, I'm a Preston North End fan, and it's <laughs> weird because there's so many parallels between both, despite the fact that, you know, the different levels. But in some ways, it's the exact same, and that's heartbreaking enough. But... Yeah, that's as simple as that, really. I went over and just straight away and just got a feel for the place, and I just love it. I'm obsessed with it, really. Um, and as far as journalism work goes, I'm an English teacher now, um, but I still do a little bit on the side, you know, for yourself. And uh, in my previous work, I've done bits for 442, and I've worked at Man United for a year. 
just covering some of the match day stuff. So, yeah, I'm just really happy that you've got me on. I'm, I'm delighted to choose some fat, but also I'm a bit disappointed. I can't have a really good moan either or anything else. I'm just disappointed because I love having a little platform to have a moan, but I can't <laughs> complain. There's been a positive end to this week, so, you know, let's... let's have we got ourselves it. a Mr. Negativity to go <laughs> Yes, we have. Yeah. We have Mo, but the negative version. <laughs> I was going to say, Jay, I think I remember that, the match you met. Was that the one where Nagatomo did an air kick in the box? Yes. See the, yeah, yes, that was... right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, Pelahon. I was that... like, literally, I was like, yeah. the first time I've come in, I mean, Napoli were on top of the game, big ball on the top, I thought, Nagatomo's nowhere near that slices the air and Kelleher just smashes it in and celebrates in front of the curve. So that was yeah. right at the Mega end of, oh, close. That was right the, end of nice, the purely nice. meltdown when we were lost about seven games in a row or something. It wasn't that was uh oh memories quite beautiful something memories. beautiful memories. <laughs> um let's <laughs> let's uh, Let's let's talk, oh, let's start with it because you, you if you want to have a good old moan, I'm gonna let you do that now because the game against Real Madrid I would say moaning is the le- is it w- would be the least of what I felt like doing. I was furious because I was completely, I was so annoyed because I was kind of hopeful and and I had and I was positive if you want to say I was hopeful, going optimistic going into that game because I th- what I li- I really like what I saw against Torino, but then Antonio Conte decided that you know the first sixty minutes that were abhorrent against Torino is how he wanted to play against Real Madrid, who and it was Real Madrid's B C team if you will even. Um, the the Champions League is essentially over now, isn't it? I mean, there's there's not much to talk about, but let's talk about the game itself. Uh, I want to start with with Mr. Positivity. I double dare you, Mo, to find anything positive from that performance. No, no, there is absolutely nothing. No, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not a silly man, you know. Uh, I know but, you're not. I'm just. It, <laughs> but really, there, there's 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 nothing nothing to be taken away from this game. Uh, the 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 quicker we put it behind us, the better off everyone is at Inter. Um, uh, you, you spoke about Conte turning uh, turning a corner tactically. It was more the same. The players. I mean, look, we we can we can complain about Conte all we want, but uh, really there was so little desire from anyone but Lukaku on the field it was uh, really after 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 the 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 weekend's result i i was against torino i really don't understand how this how this panned out midweek against real madrid in at home in a you know what ostensibly seemed like a, a must win game um yeah so uh, no comment really yeah, um, I I couldn't agree more. There was it was it was a stinker. It was horrible. It was painful to watch. Jake, you want to have a moan about it? Then I figure you've got a couple of you've got a list of things you want to moan about about this game. So go right ahead. Well, give me your list of of grievances from Inter during this game. Uh, well, what time do you want to go to bed tonight? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the uh, that's how long we've got. I mean. The thing that really upsets you more than anything else is just the lack of organisation, the lack of desire. Uh, you know, teams are going to lose games, but it, it's how you go down. And I was really, really hopeful. I, I thought, surely, you know, I thought we were a little bit hard done to over in Madrid. So I thought, surely we'll be fired up. It's must win. And second half, he changed the system and it made no impact. All the players are so drilled into this three-five-two formation that They've forgotten how to play football any other way other than press, press, run around. Like there's just there's just no lack of, well, a complete lack of sort of 
any attacking influences, pass it around the back, boot it up looking for Lukaku. And you know, like Mo just said, Lukaku looks like the only player who's interested a lot of the time. And I was just so, so disappointed because what's the point in keep qualifying for the Champions League every year? Putting everything in, spending all this money and not getting any further each time. You wait to get back in the Champions League for so long and you can't even make it past six games. So, um, yeah, for really sure. Dispiriting. For sure. But I mean, one thing we have to talk about, um, I think, Will, you summed it up brilliantly. You tweeted out, ha, full stop, 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 ha, full stop. <laughs> when Arturo Vidal did what lost his bloody mind and did what he did. This is a guy who was brought in together with Kolarov because, and I quote, they bring experience. Experience of what? Being... Undis- in not having any discipline and being useless and costing your teams the game, that experience, because we already, you know, then we can might as well bring Guarin and Nagatomo and Kuzmanovic back because we already had that. What is he doing? What, 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 I, I don't understand how anyone can attack the referee in any way. Let's remember that Anthony Taylor, prior to this game, Inter had never lost a game that he uh, officiated. So it, he's not anti-Inter, anti-telling anything. He's anti-idiot, and Arturo Vidal happens to be an idiot. Um, that's that's what that's what happened there. Um, what do you what, what do you think? I mean, what's your take on this? What, what he did? Well, it, it was um, it was not entirely surprising because we've seen what Arturo Vidal sometimes does in big matches. He he gets himself too fired up, and uh, his his biggest strength, which is supposedly his grinta and his his um, desire and determination, which we said was lacking from everyone else, that can become a weakness because he doesn't always know how to channel it. Um, they were they were talking on on British TV after the, the highlight show about whether Conte had maybe fired his players up too much for this match. Um, but then they before they, they quickly realised after suggesting that that actually the other ten players clearly weren't in that briefing when he was firing the players up. It was just Vidal who was fired up for this match. If, if that was the case, so I don't think it's I don't think it's something you can blame Conte for sort of specifically in that sense. But look, it's impossible to 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 separate Vidal uh, this sending off and. And Conte himself, because this is the man that Conte wanted for the last sort of, you know, year or so. It's 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 all we've been hearing in the the media about how he wanted to sign Vidal because he was the missing piece in the in the midfield puzzle. And so when you know, just with you know, just as he did with Lukaku, you know, he took responsibility for Lukaku. He was very clear about it and wanting him. And if Lukaku had been a, a a terrible failure, it would have been the responsibility would have been at his door, and he would have he would have sunk with that ship. As it is, Lukaku has been a fantastic signing. But it, that hasn't been the case, sadly, with with, with Vidal. Um, I think he's made you know two or three match-costing mistakes uh, in this Champions League campaign alone. Um, he, he obviously he gave away the penalty in the first match against Borussia Mönchengladbach in a way that was slightly uh, needless. He was uh, partially to blame for the winning goal in Madrid when he he didn't track Rodrigo sufficiently at the end of the match. Although I suppose in that one you could suggest you could you could blame Conte more for that because um, I think by that point it was clear that he would he'd run out of legs. Uh, but this one was obviously the worst of the lot, and it completely ended the match. Um, there was absolutely no way back into that match um, after the 33rd minute, and you can't afford to put yourself in that position in a must-win match. So, you know, Conte um, said that, you know, after you you, you have someone sent off um, that early on, you know, what can you do? But, you know, it, it, it's not an excuse. It's because it was such a stupid red card. It's not a, it's not a you know, it's not a, like a a get-out-of-jail card for the rest of the team. It's, it's an indictment on his, his requests in the transfer market, he, the way that he's tried to take his, um, 
the direction he's tried to take the team in, sort of prioritising um, strength and, and uh, stamina, etc., over quality. Uh, and it's a it's a real indictment of, of Vidal himself. So it's it's a, it was a complete catastrophe, and, and it just sort of it, it you know the, the the laughing was like it was just the fact that you know we knew that this game was so important, and within half an hour we've given away a silly penalty and we've shot ourselves in the foot. You know it was just the most interesque way of of losing the match, um, and I couldn't believe that this had happened in a match that we all knew was you know, a point of no return. You know, this was, the, I think, the reason we were all angry about this match. One was because, as you said, a lot of us were quite hopeful going into this game. And so when you obviously, when you get your hopes up, it hurts even more when, when people disappoint you. And secondly, because really, you know, for all the bad performances, this was, that we've had this season, this was the first real kind of do or die moment of the season. The first, the first match that you couldn't remedy later down the line if you got it wrong. And so to be that meek, for, mm. for 90 minutes, when you know that your entire Champions League campaign is on the line, when you know that you've been making bad approaches to matches in previous weeks, it's completely inexplicable. And the, the thing that really stuck in the throat towards the end of the match was when I realised that that was the fourth time in five games that we'd gone 2-0 down in a match. So that just tells you all you need to know about the lack of um, intensity to, with this team, and it's it's inexplicable that that comes from a contest side because it's not what we're used to. You know, last season the whole story was about scoring goals early and sending the matches in, in you know in the direction we wanted, and we've seen none of that up until Saturday, of course. The thing, yeah, but the thing that annoyed me the most about about that, and I completely agree with everything, every word and syllable you've said. The thing that annoyed me the most with, with, with that is that it was so incredibly unnecessary because if you looked at, I mean, now we have VAR, give the referee a chance. There is always going to be a set, a, a silent check when the, you have these situations. And the, the video showed that Varan, it wasn't a penalty. Varan was first on the ball. Tough, but that those are the rules. So there was no need for him to go into the referee's face like that and get two yellow cards in the space of 30 seconds or 10 seconds even. I think he broke Muntari's record from the treble season uh, with what he did. So it's so incredibly stupid. And again, this is the man that was brought in, exactly like you said, to bring experience and help Inter win. Win what exactly? The Idiot of the Year award? Well, I mean, he helped, he's helped Conte win the Tapiro Doro this week. <laughs> that the, so he has helped him to win some. That's the, the award that's, that's given mm. to people who've made fools of themselves. They're like basically Italy's version of the Frog of the Week. Yeah, this week. exactly. By the country of Italy. Uh, the, I think it's, it's a media, is it media set or is it Rai? Uh, I can't remember. I think it's media set. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's like a comic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, they give it the, the, the golden tapir, tapiro de horror. Yeah, they, they, they doorstep people in their, in their cars or on streets. And my favorite part was really when he was interview. My favorite <laughs> when they asked him if the play, well, I think it was if the players still listen to him. And he said he got angry and said, "What a stupid question that is." <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's it's funny, but you know, it's it's funny if you if you're if you're neutral, I guess, and it's kind of comical, tragic comical, when when all things considered, when 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 Inter release the day after three two two three days after they they realize they release the past year's fiscal year and they report a you know, a, 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 in the red for 102 million euros, and then they repeat release how much money they spend on the transfer market. 
And then you see uh, you see the results, like you said, again in the Champions League when it's supposed to show. Not that Inter are supposed to win the Champions League, but get through the group for sure. And and they and they and they are they're awful. They're absolutely awful. So, so the the, um, the the let's assume that obviously, as you said, there's still a tiny mathematical chance that we go through. But let's assume that we don't. The, 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 the thing that's so galling is that if you take these three Champions League campaigns, I'd say that each one has been worse than the one before. Because I couldn't agree with you the more. The closest we got was the one when we had the weakest team with Spalletti. With and we Spalletti, were, we, yeah. We were twice 10 minutes away from going through. We haven't got anywhere near that in the in the two years since. Mm, agreed. It's, you know, there's no... So Conte talks about this percorso, this journey that the team is supposed to be going on, but, uh, you know... Yeah, he's, it's, start, he's starting to piss. He's starting to piss. He's starting to piss off a lot of journalists with this percorso yeah. stuff, a lot of commentators in in, in Italy with this with this journey stuff, and they're like, "What journey? You're here to bring titles and win titles. Stop! Yeah. You've been in for almost two years." I just now. thought if I'd been in the studio, I would have said, "You know, Antonio, Atalanta have literally won at Anfield tonight. You know, do they need to do a percorso? They've been <laughs> they've been in like less time than you. Does that mean that?" You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're the anti-percorso. You're supposed to be the shortcut to titles. Don't give us all this, you know. Oh, but he's, he's had, I mean, this season, it's like we've spoken on this show before, that he's had some sort of identity crisis. You know, he's gone from, he's he's imitated Zdenek Zeman to in, imitated Gasperini to now he's, 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 he thinks he's talking about Klopp and doing a journey and Klopp, Klopp was at Liverpool for four or five years before they won something and and it's like who are you and and and, and when he started he said it's a, it's a three-year project to win within three years and now it's a journey and now nah, it's it, the man's not coherent uh in what he says and 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 it's it's um it's classic Conte nothing new under the sun but fidate I mean said, vi, no no no, no. okay okay fidate now we see this I, I, don't, I don't believe in what I, I mean I'm looking it's not it, it's, yeah. it's not looking good <laughs> no I, I have to say that it's that there was Wednesday night was the night that I lost faith in Mm. In in the Conte project, um, obviously you Saturday's match against Sass, Sassuolo it's kind of confused things. But generally speaking, I'm kind of not still a million miles away from where I felt on Thursday. You know, there was that felt like a kind of end of the line type match. Performer. That was definitely how it felt mm. at the time. You know, and I, I even said it on Twitter. I I went. I don't normally go this strong with my opinions on Twitter because people get angry when you say when you give your opinion. But I did say that Conte's tenure ended tonight regardless of whether he's actually sacked i felt like that was a point of no return for this project now obviously uh we'll have to see if there's we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that but before yeah. before we get to that really i, I want to like, oh, i agree with yeah. you you see i i i couldn't agree with you more i think uh I, I i think it's it's kind of for me this was this this whole thing was sealed in the summer with that idiotic brain dead mercato and bringing these players that did not enhance the team in any shape size or form at best was a step sideways when you're supposed to take a step forward but that's so for me this has basically been like playing out you know the the, the, the hand the hands have been dealt this is just playing it out now we're circling the drain with him so i'm not too upset um but i can imagine if you actually had hope Go in this project going into this season, you must be furious. But let's let's talk about the Champions League in and of itself because I I want to ask you Mo, and I want then I want to ask you Jake, and then you will. I'm just gonna go first. We're out of the Champions League. I don't even if even if we win against Borussia Mönchengladbach and and Shakhtar, it's it's over. I I don't see Inter qualifying from this group. What I hope and what I pray is that Inter do not finish third and do not go into the Cha- Europa League again and play these you know play. 
play Bulgarian, play Ludogorets every year, as apparently is the tradition these years. In when it's February, March, we go, to, we play Ludogorets. I don't want to play Ludogorets in Feb, in February, March. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Mo. Do you think we'll go through for the Champions League? And do you want do you, do you do you prefer what do you prefer, Europa League uh, or no Europa League? I tell you what. I think um, you know squeaking past out of the group for me is a good omen in general. I I, I like that. Um, Atalanta reversed. Uh, Worst odds, I think, or worst the uh, first uh, four games, or maybe worst three games. Uh, but uh, Atalanta were able to do it. There's, there's no denying. Like I, I'm, I'm not uh, deaf uh, to what you guys are saying. I, I totally understand, and I felt exactly the same will on, on, on the Wednesday night. Uh, but then, you know, we're not, we're not Thursday today. We're, we're Sunday, and, and we've seen what the team can do, what Conte can do. So, I think. Uh, six points, the the correct six points, and of course, you know the results. The, the Real Madrid's uh, results need to uh, need to uh, swing in our favor as well. But for the first time in a long time, we're dependent on other teams' results that are sensible for the other teams as well. Like like the the, the uh, it's it's worked out in our favor. Real Madrid need to need to get three points against uh, Shakhtar. Uh, we we beat uh, Gladbach. We narrow the we narrow the the, the, the goal difference the the goal difference, and then it's us and Shakhtar and Real Madrid and uh, and and uh, and mentioning Gladbach. Real Madrid still need to beat Gladbach in the last uh, game, so it's it's no um, it's not a done deal. So I, I'm okay, not give me a prediction. Do you think do you think we'll go through? Do you think Inter will go through from the Champions League group? I think we've got a a healthy thirty percent chance of making it through, twenty five percent chance of making. It okay, but but what's your prediction? Um, we'll make it through. Okay, do you? If we don't make it through, do you prefer Europa League or no Europa League? No, no, no. I think uh, we should try and avoid it. Like uh, I don't know, like the, the plague. plague. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you. I don't want to play Ludo Goretz in February ever again. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I just I don't I don't think we're going to win it this year. The, we've done our we've done our time there, and uh, I, yeah, I don't think so. Mm. But yeah, cool. Uh, Jake, what about you? Same question. <laughs> that was really funny, actually, when you were talking at the start. Just that first <laughs> bit. Then I literally said Ludogorets in my mouth. Draw <laughs> teams like Ludogorets. Yeah, disgusting. Mm. No, I I don't see the point. Um, I don't see them getting through. I don't see them beating much in Gladbach, to be honest with you. They seem on another level this year compared to what everybody expected. And I just don't see the point in the Europa League unless, you know, we're going to win it. There's no point. And I really don't see into winning it. Um, for me, it's got to be the league that's the priority this season. Yeah. And that, I just, it, it all depends on the next game, doesn't it? And, you know, with you having to rely on other teams, that makes it difficult as well. But as much as I'm just so, so disappointed. When the draw came out, I looked in and I thought, Do you know what, surely, us in Madrid, surely. You know, it's the easiest draw we've had out of the three years. But, you know, even that first result was sort of so similar to the Slavia Prague one. You know, you think at home, get three points there. And, you know, and going into that Real Madrid doubleheader in the middle of the tournament, the sort of group stage part of the tournament, you know, you want six points on the board. And you know we just played Shakhtar a few months before and absolutely annihilated them, and then go there and draw nil nil. Um, 
I'm really unsure. Part of me thinks they'll get six points and just miss out because it'd just be typical Inter if they did. Mm. Um, and, and then, then go they, in the Europa League. Yeah, yeah. go in the Europa League <laughs> and then draw Ludogorets, beat Ludogorets, and still draw Ludogorets in the next round. A round robin with Ludogorets. Yeah, both legs away in Bulgaria. <laughs> Ludogorets League. Yeah. <laughs> Ludogorets B in the second round in the quarterfinals uh, for until the end of time. That's hell. That's the definition of hell. It just reminds me of that year that um, you know Southampton was in the group, and it was it was it Beersheba. It was. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, what even is that? Is that even a team? And they they won as well. So it, yeah. no, it, they came from two nil down it's, to win. That yeah. it's frightening. It, in that in that Sprite shirt. Yeah. Ah, memories. Good memories. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's twice in the first twenty minutes of this podcast we've we've thought we've harked back to the twenty sixteen seventeen season. Yeah. I thought I would never have to talk about it again. <laughs> sorry, it's me. It's me. I'm Jake, sorry. Jake, I'm sorry. Jake, Jake, Jake. <laughs> okay. And I'll go go continue. So 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 you think so you don't so you think I mean so you don't think it will go through, but do you th- but, but you don't want to go to the Europa League either if that's if I if I understood you correctly. No, no, not at all. I just don't see the point. I think, you know, unless you win the Europa League and it's all these added games, you know, at the minute you can tell the team are pretty tired with the amount of games they've got to play. And, you know, all jokes aside, you know, you don't want to be going to these backwater European teams when you know you actually have to win it for it to be worthwhile. Because, you know, like you've just mentioned, to expect Inter to win the Champions League is a massive, massive task. But you just want them to get out of the group stages. Yeah. You know, that, that's all you're asking for. And I just don't see it. So unless they go through via a miracle, I really don't want Europa League. Not at all. Put it to you this way. If Inter go through the Champions League via some ridiculous miracle, uh, I mean, I, I honestly think that Inter will make it to the final of the Champions League. That's what I'm saying. If, if Inter are going to be that lucky, yeah, if they're going to be that lucky, that they go through from oh, this impossible situation, then they will go to the Champions League final because they, you know, that's that's just typical Inter logic, isn't it? Yeah, you say that, but basically, Tottenham pretty much did have the same situation two years ago in our group, and they did get to the final after sneaking out of the yeah. They had a point after three games, didn't they? So that was yeah, that's true. Us. That's true. Um, and there's yeah. a lot of parallels between Inter and, and Tottenham, to be honest, yeah. in terms of the the, the 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 kind of us against the world, and and if if there's a bad if there you know bad luck and all that. Anyway, Will, I want to ask you the same question. Um, do you think Inter will go through? And do you El yes or no? Or Ludo Goretz yes or no? Are you pro or against Ludo Goretz? <laughs> this podcast has become a referendum on Ludo Goretz and Bulgaria as a whole. Um, no, Ludexit, if you will, Ludexit. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think we'll go through. I. I I'll give you a specific prediction. I, I think we're finishing third. Uh, maybe because um, <sighs> I'm. I'm pessimistic, but I. I don't think we're going. I think we might win one of these last two games, and that could be enough. Um, and I would also say, you know, I'm. I. I even though I don't want the Europa League, so my answer to the Europa League question is no. Obviously, I agree with you. We got to the final last year. We're not going to get to the final again. Especially because you know last year it was a summer tournament. This year it goes, it fits in the middle of what's already a compressed season. So for me, the, if, I, if I'm choosing, you know, it's obviously no. But I don't. That doesn't mean I want Inter to throw in the towel because you know it, it looks pretty impossible at the moment. But fundamentally, if Inter and Real Madrid both win their final two games, which in a normal world is what would happen, then Inter <laughs> and Real Madrid go through. So okay. we can't. So we can't actually like sort of rest players or try not to win I think we have to go for it because it's not 
quite impossible enough to justify sort of a a handbrake approach. I don't think we're going to do it. I think I don't think we'll beat Gladbach. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure that Real Madrid would beat Gladbach in the final group game, especially if they didn't need to win at that point. But it's you know there's a small chance. So I, I you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be supporting a sort of um, a white flag scenario. But mm. yeah, if, if I'm okay. Choosing, so so let's no. so let's predict because uh, we play on Tuesday against Gladbach against Marco Rose or Rose. I just think it's. More, more fun to say rose than than anything else. Um, uh, so I, I think I think we're I think we're going to draw that game. I think it's going to be two 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 all draw. Uh, just quickly, Mo predictions, and then Jake, and then Will. I think it's a I think it's a two nil uh, win. I think we are going to make uh, keep another clean sheet. I think uh, something's working, so clean sheet it is, and we'll score. So two nil. Jake. Yeah, I think a draw against Rosie's boys. Um, I, I, I really do. I think they will be buoyed a little bit from the weekend, but you know, Munch and Gladbach are just so fired up. They know it's in their hands a little bit as well. You know, mm. I think if it was a San Siro, I'd be a bit more confident. But uh, I'd say one each. Will. Yeah, this is a different Munch and Gladbach side to the one that we played in match day one. I think since then they've really grown in confidence, not least because of the results they've got in this group. And they, I don't see us beating them, unfortunately. I think they've got the kind of game that would, would cause us problems um, unless we're at our best. And uh, I think uh, I think maybe a 2-1 defeat. Uh, I mm. definitely don't see a win, though. Um, so, I that yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid I don't. I don't see the, the glorious. Of course, the, the most inter scenario is that we we beat Gladbach, and then Real Madrid do their bit and we blow it by losing to Shakhtar. That's probably For sure. the most inter scenario. <laughs> but if I if I step out of the inter paradigm and back into sort of logical football paradigm, I don't think we win this game. I think we'll probably just lose. Mm, agreed. Agreed. Right. Well. The, let's talk about the Sassuolo game because that, I mean, we, we all went into that. Even bef- we all had decided, I mean, we were there was zero hope last week going into Sassuolo. And Mo, you, you, I think you, you literally said that. There is no effing way we're winning this game. I think that's a direct quote that you, you said last week. And, yeah, and not only absolutely. <laughs> no, but seriously, I think that's exactly what you said. And and I remember all of us agreeing with you. It's like there's no way Sassuolo on a Saturday afternoon. Like no, um, it was so, it was literally last week's mochi. This match, yeah, this game was last week's mochi. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Mape away Saturday afternoon is this was last week's mochi. Um, but having said that, not only did Inter win. They won comfortably and handily and didn't look to be threatened at all. Now, and, and a clean sheet uh, with some luck because Sassuolo have, you know, they, they did create a game. Um, one, only one time did they uh, create a really good chance down the middle when Juricic hit the post. And it's the same thing we've seen all season uh, or pretty much since Antonio Conte took over. This notion that, that Inter are so vulnerable down the middle. All chances, and I remember tweeting about it, uh, and I remember you re- replying to that, um, and, and I didn't reply because I wanted to discuss it with you here, because I think this has been an illness that we've seen all the time. Last season, Handanovic looked better than he does now, because now he looks like a zombie. I mean, the, it's 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 heartbreaking to see, because I, I am one of those who rated this goalkeeper, and it's pretty depressing to see him now. He looks like the walking dead. And it's, it's, it's I don't understand how he's, a, I mean, he, he shouldn't be a captain. 
he he shouldn't even play and and they have to address this issue next summer because Handanovic is finished. He he looks completely finished and he looks like a zombie and and it's really really painful to see because I again this is a goalkeeper I've really rated through the years, but but this is this is horrible to see. But Sassuolo, um, they played. I mean, I was hoping last week that Manuel Locatelli have a great game. He did. He had a wonderful game and I think he showed that he's he's good enough at this level and. And uh, if we're to, if we're going to talk about who, who which we're going to talk about as well, who who Inter should replace Christian Eriksen with, who who Beppe Marotta basically said he's gone before the game, saying that he's not functional to this team, uh, which is um, which provokes me to put it mildly. But we'll discuss that. But let's talk about the game itself. Um, Inter. It was interesting to see how he decided to play a 3-5-2 without any trequartista or anyone being forced to play as a trequartista, playing Gagliardini and Vidal as Metzalas and Nicolo Barella as almost like a free role, similar to what, how Mourinho used to use Cambiasso as a reference point for all the others, which is a really daring thing to do, given that Barella's so young. But given that the quality of this guy, he, he handled that brilliantly. He he handled that role brilliantly. He was only ever got, he only ever went missing one time, and that's when Juricic hit the post. Uh, but other than that, he was faultless. Nothing going into this game. I expected nothing like that. Um, and 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 then they they just turned up. But having said that, now it's two wins in a row in the Serie A, which is good. But Mo, what what do you take away? What's the most positive thing you take away? Given that you are Mister Positivity, I'm going to give you to go full on positive uh, on this one. Look, it's got to be the defense. It's got to be the defense. I think uh, chance conversion uh, is very important. I think the fact that uh, you know Gagliardini was presented with you know one of uh, sixty thousand chances that uh, he's been presented over the last couple of seasons, and actually. You know, score the scorcher is is one of the reasons why this is the, the result is is what it is. We've t- we've taken our chances uh, and scored the goals, Alexis. So we've seen so many times Alexis, as in the first goal, uh, be one on one with the goalkeeper and just scuffing the shot or, or hitting the goalie or, or or the goalkeeper pulling out a ridiculous save. We 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 took the chances, uh, but I think the best thing out of this game for me was. The backline sat back. We defended deep, and good God, they uh, they had a they had an impeccable game. All three of them, you know, uh, all three of them: Bastoni, uh, Defray, and Skriniar. And you know, I'll I'll personally talk about Skriniar later. But mm. the three of them uh, were absolutely uh, immense uh, yesterday. There was, uh, like you said, there was just one chance, uh, and it came from uh, from a midfield midfield lapse in in, in marking rather than uh, a defensive error so i think for for me the the best takeaway and i know we can't play like this against every team but um uh, conte got it right the defense the players got it right uh, and that's that's my takeaway for, uh, from the game jake there was not much to moan about in this game um so what did you not moan about if you think about uh, the game itself yeah uh, i certainly didn't moan about how we started um you know, you look after uh, reaction after what happens in midweek, and they couldn't really start any better. Um, the game plan was executed perfectly. On the counter, there's plenty of space. Uh, the only regret is perhaps not scoring another goal in the first half, really. Um, the biggest thing for me is just getting that settled back three, having those three in, the, the, into three best defenders. So keep playing them, playing them. You know, there's no coincidence that with them in the team, there's only been one goal conceded. Even with a scarecrowing goal, 
you know, like you say, at the minute, I'm, I'm really sad to see handball that is declining so badly, but it's true. It's got to be something that's worked on in the summer, definitely. Um, but, you know, Barella, you know, without Barella, mm. you can't play that system. And he's absolutely superb. And the encouraging thing is he's only going to get better and better and better as well. So I was really pleased with how he played. To give him such a responsibility and to see him work you know, tirelessly, as he always does, it's, it's in, a ro- in a role that suits him a little bit more. Asking him to be that sort of Trek Artista figure is not going to work. He's not a goal-scoring midfielder. So get him as involved in the game you know, as you can. Let him break things up. Let him run around. Let him hassle people. Let him harry people. And I feel you know, he got the most of that. And to keep a clean sheet against Sassuolo is no mean feat. No attacking lineup, no Caputo, yeah, but you know, they still were sort of really high tempo, especially second half. They didn't give up either, even at 3 0 down, they did not give up. So, the most pleasing aspect of it is the manner of the victory. I certainly didn't expect that, I had no idea that that performance had come out, especially without Lukaku from the start. Um, there's loads of things to be positive about, to be fair. You know, I can't be mm. anything negative about that. Mm. I was just really, really pleased, especially against a bogey team as well. That makes sure. it more sweeter. This is now the second year, second consecutive win away against Sassuolo in the Serie A. Last season, the crazy game four three, and now three 0 um, Will, uh, what do you? I mean, first of all, what did you think of it of the game, uh, and and what are you most pleased pleased with? And, and secondly, I mean, I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the game fixture list coming on, coming up in the Serie A, and I got to be honest, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too scared if I'm going to be honest. It's it's Bologna on on Saturday, and then it's Cagliari away, and then it's uh, Napoli, uh, which is a difficult game, and then Spezia, and then Hellas away. These are games. This isn't. This is a. This is a decent run of games. I mean, Spezia, Cagliari, Bologna. These are games that Inter should win and probably could be able to pull, pull, up, pull up a draw against Hellas away or, or, or even a win. And then same thing with Napoli. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, may, I had this, this conversation with you in the summer last season when I said that Inter would go on a run of games and then I got criticised when we didn't do it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, so I'm shutting up on the uh, easy calendar uh, discussion. Um, yeah, you're right. I, you know, after that, we've got Crotone and Sampdoria as well, so it's it's a nice run of fixtures um, into the new year. But uh, yeah, but, uh, as far as this game is concerned, two things that are really pleasing. Firstly, uh, the system. Um, we didn't really talk about it in the Real Madrid game, but um, as, along with all the sort of mental lapses and, and shortcomings that, that, that the team displayed against Real Madrid on Wednesday, there was also this, once again, the, the, the proof that this team has not worked out how to play with a number 10, um, with, with Barella and Vidal sort of alternating in the num- that number 10 role. Uh, and with two sort of defensive midfielders sitting deep, um, but but sort of coming wide in possession, there was just a whole uh, chasm of space for, for Odegaard in particular to sort of pick up the ball and just waltz towards the defence. And it, the, the, you know, it couldn't get on the ball in that match, and they were so easy to play through. So uh, those were two things that we didn't see against Aspola because Conte changed the system. Gagliardini mm. said it himself in the post-match interviews. He said, you know, we changed to it back to a 3-5-2. It's a system we've played a lot with last season. We know it well. We didn't need time to sort of assimilate any new ideas. We just got on with it and we were, we, we covered the pitch better. So there was definitely a tactical element to that win. Um, it was encouraging to see uh, a, a strong defensive performance because we've basically had none of them this season. 
Um, we said a few weeks ago that one of the ways that you can get around conceding so much space in central areas in front of the defence is just to sit deeper, and that's what we did, and it worked. Um, admittedly, Sassuolo allow you to do that because they come on to you. Um, you know, if you play, I don't know, Crotone at home, you're probably not going to be able to sit on your own the edge of your own penalty box as as, uh, as effectively. But um, you know, credit where it's due. Conte got this team selection right. Uh, the the you know everything was was fine, and the win was very convincing. But there was also a mental aspect, and that was probably the reason that this was such a comfortable win is because I think for the first, you know, it wasn't necessarily a, a sparkling performance from a, a qualitative perspective. That's certainly what Conte was saying in his post-match press conference. But the one thing that perhaps we saw in that match against Sassuolo that we haven't seen in any other match this season is that Inter were concentrated for 90 minutes. I often think that, you know, concentration is one of the two or three best um most important qualities to you know to win matches because ultimately if you don't make mistakes you won't lose matches and for once that was it was sort of in line with what we saw at the, in the first half of last season when you know we didn't always dominate games but we were so clinical with our chances in the first half an hour and then we just didn't let opponents in because we were switched on we were on the ball and we haven't seen that this season that is encouraging that that mentally everyone was still switched on um, quite well that is I'm not sure uh, obviously, you know, Sassuolo were not exactly, uh, they were a little bit generous in the two goals that, that we did score in the first 15 minutes. Um, but particularly the first goal was very impressive. Um, some lovely link-up play with Lautaro and Sanchez. So those are the two things that, that, are, that were positive. The, 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 um, the, the, the sort of compactness of the team and the concentration levels, which well, we haven't seen really all this season. I, wanted, I, yeah, I just wanted on. to, sorry, just before you go on to the next point, I really want to talk about this tactical thing because I, I think that well, basically what he did, and I think it was wise to do because, you know, I, I don't I don't put any moral uh, judgment into it. If we're talking personal preference, anyone who knows me and has listened to the show knows that I absolutely love Catanacho football. I love parking the bus. There is absolutely nothing more I love than parking the bus, scoring a goal and frustrating the crap out of your opponents. But that's what he did. That's what he did against Sassuolo. He played to his strengths and to their weaknesses. And he managed to nullify Locatelli. And I, we have to say this. Matteo Darmian was phenomenal. And he's been consistently good and phenomenal since joining Inter. And I think that's that's something that we should say. Um, he's, a, he's the only signing that has delivered consistently so far. And I'm including Hakimi in that. And I think that says a lot. That says a lot. It might, it might you know, that, that says speaks volumes as to where Inter are. Um, I was going to say, it says a lot of things. Not all of them are good. No, not all of them are good. <laughs> but he has been very good. And yeah. I think he, he really has. And I think in that game, the way he managed to control Jeremy Borga, which is not easy, was was very interesting to see. And and his and 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 the work, he, you know, how he and Milan Skriniar managed to control the, the that side of defence was very impressive. Um, so yeah. that's one thing. I mean, he parked the bus, Conte, and I'm okay with yeah. that. I have absolutely no problems with that. Sassuolo are like the best, are, are the most prolific team in the Serie A, or one of the most prolific teams in the Serie A. And when you're struggling... Joint with and, Inter. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But well, we, sure. we, we are ahead now. Heading into this game, we were joint top goal scorers in the Yeah, yeah. So, Sassuolo, exactly. So, so I, think, I, think, I think he did the right thing, but he still yeah. did it. And 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 I and I think it's important to say that, and I, and I have no problem with that. For me, the only thing that mattered was the result in this game. The fact that they gave a good, solid defensive performance on top of that—that's just the icing on the cake that I did not expect we were going to be treated to on on Saturday afternoon. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, you wanted to it say was, something? It was, no, it was a back to basics 
uh, approach. But I think this is, I'm I'm glad you said that because this is what I want to see now. Against Gladbach, I want to see Brozovic in that hole and I want to see Barella replace Vidal because he's suspended. And I want to see Gagliardini next to him because there's no one else to play in that. (laughs) <laughs> next time, I, d- I doubt that he'll play with Stefano Sensi. Uh, if he does, I'll be very surprised. Um, but because uh, I don't think Stef- I, th- I think this, that that'll be such a physical game that I'm afraid that he's going to break again, uh, Stefano Sensi. But you know, it, it is what it is. But I, I think I think that the, the midfield we're going to see is Gagliardini in the same role as we saw against Sassuolo with Barella, not in the hole, but uh, with Brozovic in that he swaps Brozovic and him around. And I think that's the correct move to do because Brozovic. That's that's where he's good at. He's good at this regista role that Spalletti invented for him, um, and, and I hope to see that. Um, but w- but before the game and after the game, as always, inter- the game was sandwiched between two two very interesting things. Now, the first one is 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 Beppe Marotta talking about functionality and giving a lecture on functionality and how Christian Eriksen isn't functional to this Inter, and therefore if he you know he'll leave in January. And the second one is Antonio Conte coming out and picking a fight with Beppe Marotta after the game and everyone in the, in, in, in the directors. Um, I don't understand what he's doing. Uh, I don't understand the point of this. I don't think anyone does. Why? Why can't this man let anyone be happy around him for more than 30 seconds before he shits all over it? It, it, does, it doesn't make any sense to me. He's whinging again about being protected. What else do you want this club to do for you? They have bent over backwards to to please you. And when things go bad, and they have gone bad, you've been criticized for it. And it's been your fault. And now you're angry at the club? I, I don't understand what he's doing. I don't understand it, wh- why he's provoking. He's like a child that, isn't di- that, that, that wants to see how far he can push the boundaries. And sooner or later, he's going to get smacked. He's going to get disciplined. And... That's just going to hurt Inter because you cannot throw people under the bus continuously like this man has done at this club time and time and time again. And I want to I want to hear what you guys think about what he did. Mo, how do you interpret what he did? What's the point of this? Honestly, I I, I know uh, there was talk about, uh, you know, the direction and the protection, all of that. I, I, I thought like you originally uh, I thought, and I think uh, you might have reread the stuff. I, I didn't go through it in details. I just read a couple of Twitter uh, uh, Twitter quotes uh, from his uh, from the from the post match interview. I just thought uh, it's it's a classic Conte. I'm I'm glad he's back. Uh, honestly, I, I think uh, we we joked about uh, you know Conte unchained and and, and Hakimi unchained when. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when he's got D'Ambrosio playing next to him, and you know, so I just I think I think uh, everyone should be who they are, and he's he's a madman, like you say, and, and let let the madman be mad, you know. It's a, it is what it is. If if this is if this is what's going to fire him up and 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 really uh, you know stop that weird uh, Xanax out uh, Conte that we got for the first few games of the season. I'm in. I'm in. I'm sure Marotta is in as well. I'm sure uh, Zhang is in as well. Like. Uh, uh, let, let him let him vent out. And, but I, I just want to say that because that's the thing. It's very clear who he's talking about because he praised Stephen Zhang after. It's quite clear when he <laughs> said that you know he's he's very clear about like there's no this isn't him. He's he's clear about who he's talking about. It's the guy who literally the reason he's at Inter is because of Beppe Marotta and that's the guy he's picking a fight with. 
I don't understand this. I don't understand what he's trying to prove. Is he trying to get Marotta out of the club? Because I, I, I'd rather see Antonio swim backwards out of out of Milan than to see Beppe Marotta leave Inter. If it's one of those things, the choice is easy. Buy Tony. Like it's it's that simple. And I don't understand what 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 what, what he's trying to do by talking about protection and, and all that stuff. What do you want? Um, I, what do you think, Will? What is the point of all this? I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of. Um... You know, I agree with you that if the choice is between Conte and Marotta, then it's a no-brainer. Um, but um, I do kind of think there's an element of truth in what Mo was saying about him being back. You know, we, we, we obviously didn't enjoy him throwing people under the bus after the Dortmund match last year or after the Verona match or in his in his interview after the Atalanta game at the end of last season. But or after the Sevilla game in the final of the Europa no, League. No, of course not. <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, I'm, you know, having seen the last three months, I'm kind of more comfortable. It's, it's kind of a case of better the devil you know, I'm thinking, because what mm. we've seen in the last three months has been almost worse in a very different way. You know, the, the, the feeling that I've had over the last sort of three or four weeks, and I, I can't really think of any less um, sort of... Um, uh, vulgar way of saying it is that Conte has looked like he's been neutered you know he's, he's <laughs> you know he's been not him it's been some really sort of crappy 10 pound sort of a stunt double that's been doing his post-match interviews and press conferences so far this season talking about how he's really pleased with the performance and how this is a journey and I'd rather win 5-4 than 1-0 mm. and you know I, I I'm really proud of the club and we're doing because that to me that to me kind of speaks to someone who doesn't really care what the ultimate outcome of this season is. You know, someone who's not properly in, in this project with his heart and soul, because, you know, he knows that, well, I don't really mind if we win the league, so I'll just say sort of nice things and then, and then I'll move on with my life. And I don't want that. I want to see some kind of um, anger because, you know, while it was clearly not helpful to have those comments last year, the results were coming for most of the season. You know, we got, we had a great, we, well, we didn't have a great season, we had a pretty good season. Mm. Um, last season with all those comments. Now, it's, you know, maybe that wasn't sustainable, but if he is starting to get a bit aggy again, I'm not necessarily going to stop him. You know, we, we know that, I mean, obviously I can't. I'd love to have sort of influence over his press conferences. That would make things a lot easier. But, you know, I, I'm not going to moan about it. You know, we, we, he, this is what he is. And I'd rather have the flawed Conte I know than the sort of flatlining Conte that we've just met for the first time in the last three months. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, into this season, you could argue that this club's, you know, if, if really the, his sticking point was that there was too much pressure on his shoulders and Inter needed to sort of spread this message that he wasn't obliged to win, then it's backfired because it looks like the whole club has been anaesthetised and everyone sort of decided that, you know, it doesn't matter what they do because they don't have to win. So the pressure's off and they can just sort of trot around on the pitch every, every week. And I don't want that. You know, maybe maybe a bit of spice is better. You know, I don't I don't know. I'm just sort of spice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, is, this isn't this, spice. This is this arsenic. Season, this, this season, is this season has been a broth, Nima. A, a stupid plain broth. It's been a Nothing's shit broth. Happened. It's been yeah. a shit broth. Absolutely, it's been a shit stew. I agree with you with that. But I don't think that the way to to, to my 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 solution to not having shit stew is not adding shit. But not my solution isn't adding pepper and making the shit spicier like I, I don't understand what what the point of of all of this is sure i mean i, I get I, I this isn't for the good of inter him going out there and creating drama is not for the good of inter it doesn't help inter in any way last season it worked 
despite all of this. I mean, let's remember that when he did all of these things, Marotta had to walk everything back. And then it, it, it kind of broke after the Verona game when Marotta was, he wasn't even talking, was furious. And, and he looked angry. And it takes a lot to piss off someone like Pepe Marotta, who's so calm. And, and then you have the whole Europa League and their Tavolo da Pace, Tavolo da Pace their peace meeting, which at Villa Bellini, and, and I mean, in Moratti's Villa. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's To me, it's just the more I look at this, and I'm thinking, all, all I, feel, I feel it's inevitable that this is his last season in charge. Um, and and I think it's because it, it definitely this is his last season in charge. Yeah. I mean, this is not sustainable. It's that. Yeah, even if even you know he's not going to get sacked. I'm putting after that financial report we got, there is no way that yeah. he's getting sacked. Inter can't afford. To. Yeah, so yeah, so if he can't get sacked, then I want Conte to do whatever he needs to do to work at his best. And if that's being stupid in press conferences, then fine. We won the match of the weekend, and we looked like last season's Inter for the first time. Mm. So, you know, I, I think you know in hindsight, and to be honest, it's not even so much in hindsight because. I remember feeling uneasy on the day that the news came out that he was staying because I'd kind of come around to the idea of him, you know, a change being the right thing. I think in hindsight and also not in hindsight, the best thing to do was possibly to make the change last summer when it could be as, as, you know, as as non-disruptive as possible. But seeing as that hasn't happened and seeing as it's basically impossible to sack him, as you've said, then, you know, I I just, I I don't, I'm not going to make a kick up a fuss about it. I just want, I want to see content, at least, you know, Okay, give us your flaws, but at least give us your good stuff as well. Okay, yeah, well, that, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough, and I hope, I hope that's what he does, um, and I hope it continues. I think Bologna, <clears throat> uh, Jake. I just want to quickly hear your thoughts on on that as well before we move on to the Bologna game. Um, well, <laughs> it's a, it's a big, massive picture, really, isn't it? I think if you look, you know, the day you appoint Conte, you know, these things are going to happen. You know, he's got a shelf life. He's proved that every club he's been at. And to be honest, I find his behaviour really, really bizarre. Uh, he's been backed more than probably every inter-manager in the history of the club. You know, more, Without more a doubt. You know, Without a doubt. The, I money mean, that he's been, the money that he's being paid for a start. But let's, let's look at the transfer window. You know, the club's barely spent a bean for 10 years. You know, and the money, 200 plus million on all the plays that he wanted... He literally started crying, you know, at the end of last season. You know, please give me Vidal, please. You know, it's just, you know, <laughs> we give him Vidal. And there's always, there's always one excuse. And it's Conte's way. You know, you look back right at the start of his career, he was at Atlanta, you know. There's always an excuse. It's always somebody else's fault. But you know this before you appoint him as manager. Mm. So the, pro- the point is, if you're going to appoint him as manager, you sit and you put up with it. But, from an Inter fan's perspective, it's really, really frustrating. Because yes, you appoint Conte, good track record in Syria. You know, he's did a good job at Chelsea, largely decent job with the national team. You know, you can't deny that he's a good manager. You know, he's had success in his managerial career, but mm. it's the baggage that comes with it. It's almost a little bit like Mourinho to a lesser extent in terms of you know, you appoint him, yeah, and you know, he's he's great and this is good, but it's all a baggage that comes with it. And at the minute Conte's not even bringing the wins that Mourinho does. Um you've also got to look at the fact that when he was last in Serie A when he was at Juventus, who was yeah. the challengers? Who was the real challenger to his mm. team? You know, mm. look at Syria this season, look at Milan. I mean, nobody would have put them there on my, at the start of match day one. Nobody. You know, you've got Napoli who looked quite good at parts. It's it, it's all a big, massive, revolving sort of circle 
and it all comes back to a point in him. And I, mm, I, I, can't, I can't blame the club whilst he's been there because they've done everything they can for him. They've given him all the plays that he wanted, all the money, all the time. And I think it's cheeky that he has the goal to fire anything back at the club. The money he spent, it's obvious that Inter got rid of Spalletti to attack the Scudetto. And that was the point in paying Conte all this money. And if he's not delivering that, a part of that has got to be down to him because he's getting all the plays that he wants, all the backing that he wants. I don't know what this whole respect backing thing even is. What, what does he want? Does he want Beppe Morata to come out in front of the press and hiss him in front of the cameras or something? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's... Well, what, what more can he do to support Conte than come out in the pre-match press conference and basically push Ericsson out the door with a, exactly. with a wave? And take <laughs> and take the heat for that. That's what he does. Marotta comes out and says he's not functional. That's Marotta saying, I made a mistake because I'm responsible for bringing Eriksson in. But why he buy takes him? He's the not functional. Why buy him? I mean, yeah, it's a bargain. Well, that, that's, that's what he's saying, Marotta. Yeah, exactly. What's the point? And, and Marotta t- is taking on responsibility for that uh, by saying that before the game. But to- Antonio Conte doesn't get that. And, 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 he's, and he, he, it's as if he w- doesn't want anyone to say anything bad to him ever because it's unfair. Reminds me of a certain politician in the United States. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's uh, move on to the Bologna game, I, which is um, a game that uh, we play on uh, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, um, at uh, Saturday evening at uh, a, uh, at uh, 8:45 local time uh, at home against Bologna, and it's a Bologna that have that that, that that kept a clean sheet for the first time, I think in this season um uh against uh crotone they re- they struggled um and and it's a side that inter should comfortably comfortably beat which is why this is a bit of has got a bit of a trapdoor game to it because the following week is obviously the the closing game uh, of the champions league so um but i do think that inter will win this game i do think that inter will go on on a bit of a run uh, against uh, in the Serie A and I think Bologna is one of those teams that I know Inter have struggled with in recent years at home uh, but I do think Inter will win this, uh, I think Inter will win 2-0 Mo? Yeah, um, look I really like the formula that we did uh, last week uh, so there's no chance we're going to win this game <laughs> it's not going to happen you know, uh, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's it's Come a trap game. The inverted jinx doesn't work. Like <laughs> that. You know that. <laughs> no, I, I I think I think it would be a straightforward win. I think uh, you know I, I always like to say uh, my prediction is contingent upon the result midweek, mm. um, but I think in this case a win or uh, anything but a draw against Gladbach is a good thing for us going into the going back into the league. So I think it's 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 going to be a win like just like you said. I think it's a win. I think Lukaku's back on the on, on the score sheet him and Lautaro. I think uh, Lula's giving us a 2 or 3-0 victory. Sounds good by me. What about you, uh, Will? Oh, I'm not as confident. Um, you mentioned this record that we have, and it's not just Bologna. You know, these Emilian sides that yeah, come to San. You know, I looked when we when we drew against Parma. I had a look at our record, and uh, we haven't won any of our last eight home matches against Parma, Bologna, and Sassuolo. <laughs> so this dates back to sort of two or three years. It's something about that region that really causes problems. So, um, I and I, I admittedly I haven't actually seen Bologna yet this season. So. 
I'm going off what I saw last season, but I know that they are a very uh, they're not a, they're not a fearful team. They they will attack into, which could be a good thing. Um, but you know, we will need to be focused on this match and not the Champions League, if indeed the Champions League is still alive when we get to that match. Um, they're the kind of team that make me nervous, and I am thinking maybe a one-all draw. But I, like I said, I don't have a I don't really know what to expect after these last two matches, which I thought were going to be the other way around. I'm kind of not sure about anything anymore. So, yeah, I'll go. I'll I'll sit in the middle and say draw. Jake, <laughs> I can agree with both elements of what you both just said there. Uh, I was listening to Mo and I was like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 2 0, easy, take the points, move on. <laughs> and then Will tells me that stat. And I'm like, well, um, yeah, good point. Then you've got Orsolini, you've got Barrow, and, uh, and Federico Santander still there. And uh, a player, and a player, and, and a midfielder. I got to say, and a midfielder that I know Inter are looking at, um, that they've confirmed that they are looking at. Matthias Swanberg. A Swedish central defensive midfielder who's one of a, one of the youngest players in the Serie A who plays a lot and is very highly rated. Inter are looking at him and uh, he's a player that they could potentially try to sign in the summer. So I th- and, and, I'll de- and he'll definitely start that game. So uh, that'll, let's, forget, that'll be let's not forget. Let's not forget El Trenza. Yeah, Palacio as well. Palacio. Palacio as well. Yeah. 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 For sure. So sorry, Jake. What do you think is going to happen? I'm going to be optimistic. Um, I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory. Mm, nice. um, I think given Bologna's attacking intent, I think you know they're not going to come and park the bus, so I think they will get a goal. But you know these games really do rest on that first goal. And you know it does depend on the hangover of midweek. Whatever happens midweek, you know we've got a history up until this last weekend of you know going behind early, and that could cause a problem. Bologna were the only team to beat in so obviously with you've been lapsed in the league last season. So um no before I talk myself out of it, three one, easy win, Scudetto charge on. We're gonna win the league. Nice one. <laughs> no, I, I hope mean... I hope Stefano Sensi starts this match. So it's not gonna happen on Tuesday, is it? So no. that might this might be an opportunity to get him back in the fold if he's ready for it. Absolutely. And one thing Inter cannot do against Bologna is this allowing Matthias Swanbay to shoot centrally is suicide. He hits a ball, he twats a ball like a rocket. That's, <laughs> do not let him shoot centrally. That's all I'm going to say, because then he will score. I've seen him score ridiculous goals uh, when he when he's given time centrally. Uh, so please don't do that, Inter, please. Right, um, let's uh, move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of and criticize someone or something in the world of football heavily, starting with... The Positivity, which will be presented by Mr. Positivity, Mr. Mohamed Nasa. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. Well, I mean, uh, look, I, I don't know. Uh, it's It's been overplayed all week. Uh, so I, I'll do like a, the, the, the token uh, appreciation to... Uh, my generation's uh, capture of our imag- footballing imagination, the reason why we all fell in love with the game. Uh, you know, uh, Maradona, uh, may he rest in peace, really. Uh, uh, no words can describe what, what he means to, to, to anybody, you know, between 35 and 50, I would imagine, uh, years old today. 
there, there, there's like Messi, Ronaldo, uh, El Fenomeno, the original Ronaldo. Maybe he was the closest to, to, to really capturing that sort of magic um, and Ronaldinho. But uh, Maradona was something else. So, so uh, uh, here's my, my quick tribute to him. But from an Inter pers- perspective, uh, man, it was a nice uh, seeing Skriniar on top, top form. The oh. man was a beast. Was an absolute beast. Uh, not a single, uh, not a missed uh, beat. Nothing, nothing. He he fought for every ball. He was uh, immense, really immense. Yesterday against uh, Sassuolo. So uh, it, it it like my takeaway is you know we we were talking about uh, me personally as well when we were talking about uh, uh, I I can't remember who the comparison was over summer selling him or Rosovic or I, I can't remember but uh, like. He's put all these, you know, with that single match performance, I think he's put all concerns about him fitting in, in, into any system mm. um, to rest and uh, to bed. And um, I think it's testament to the fact that this guy really works on um, developing himself and, and, and changing his gameplay and, and learning. And he's, uh, he really wants to be at Inter. And it, it, it was absolutely lovely seeing him being so critical and so important and, uh, and decisive in a game. Agreed, 100%. It was a joy to watch him. Right, let's move on to something much more negative. Uh, this week's uh, Moji, which I'm representing myself. Uh, this week, it's, unless you've, you know, lived under a rock... You wouldn't. You would have known that everyone who's who's been semi-conscious at least would know that Diego Maradona sadly passed away. But there's when people die, what is usually um, traditional is to, even if you've had some trouble with them and you know had some disagreements with them, you usually that's that's the decorum amongst most humans that you kind of. You know, let bygones be bygone and bygones, and wish them well, and 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 say you're sorry that they're de- they're dead. That is, unless your name is Peter Shilton, then you go out on a rant and talk about what a cheater Maradona was, and just 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 shit on all shit all on the guy's life when he's when he's just passed away, which is rather distasteful. So, to me, Peter Shilton, this week's Moji. Do you want to lump um, Antonio Cabrini in with Peter Shilton as well? Yeah, what he said about if he'd gone to Juventus, he'd never he, his life would have been different. But at least Cabrini apologized, didn't he? Peter Shilton yes, did not apologize. Yeah. yeah, he did because he he understood that what he said was bang out of order. But Peter Shilton did not ex- apologize, and in fact, he just doubled down. Um, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to something much more comical. This week's frog, which is presented by Mr. William Beckman. Yes, I'm very much lowering the bar this week's fraud, lowering the tone of, uh, of our conversation. Up until now, it's been tremendously highbrow, and now I'm going to bring in some um, some very cheap humour. Um, so the, the moji of uh, the moji, the, the the frog of the week, this week's tapirodoro, as uh, as we said earlier, <laughs> is um, is as a village in Austria uh, in yes. the in uh, a little uh, municipality called Tarsdorf, which is sort of in the northwest of Austria. Um, they have announced that from the 1st of January 2021, they're going to change their name. Um, the, 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 the original name has caused them a lot of trouble. This is the reason. Um, it's been their 
it's been sort of dated back to the 11th century, has gone through a couple of slight changes, but it's always been pretty much this word. Um, and uh, the locals have, have decided that, you know, enough is enough. Um, you know, there's been too much of a media, media frenzy. Uh, the, vi the, the villagers have had enough of visitors and their bad jokes and uh, that they're, they're going to change things. So that the village is spelt F-U-C-K-I-N-G. That is the name of this actual real village. And the, the, the picture in the article um, that I found here in, on, on The Guardian is, is very illustrative of, of very much why this name is being changed, because apparently a lot of uh, tourists have been standing next to the signs with the, the name of the village, have been taking pictures of themselves next to it, you know, with thumbs up. And, you know, in the same way that you might sort of, tr you know, like the Leaning Tower of Pisa is something you have to get a photo next to because it's a <laughs> landmark. You, you go to this this sign and you get your picture taken next to it. Very similar to what they the, they did, the, the tourists do in Schitt's Creek, if anyone's seen that um, that program on Netflix. The, 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 that that, that uh, village name comes in for a lot of... Um, uh, um, mockery and unfortunately this poor village has done the same so from the 1st of January they're going to be called Fugging F-U-G-G-I-N-G um, if you want to visit this village uh, obviously you can't really do that at the moment for obvious reasons but uh, it's about 350 kilometers west of Vienna um, and uh, for the record there is just across the border in, in Germany in Bavaria, there is a village called Petting so if you want funny names just go oh, to this little area and in, uh, and close by uh, fucking is uh, the, 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 the two places that are not changing their name is Oberfucking and Unterfucking they're still there <laughs> I wasn't going to say it but you've just got you've just ploughed straight through and said <laughs> no no name. that's the name of the villages that okay. are close by fucking there's a, you know, so there's, there's a, a fucking there's an Oberfucking and there's an Unterfucking <laughs> just three? saying can we change the names of our awards to the the fucking of the week, the Orba fucking of the week, and the and, no, okay. There is actually a place near me called Pratt's Bottom. That's a real place as well. I don't think that's going to be changed. Um, so there's plenty of options if you want your stupid good names, names. Good name. No, but it's pronounced fugging. That's why they changed it. Um, <laughs> I, I did I did some digging into this myself because when I saw this, I I loved this. And then that's when they that's when I saw that there's a place called bad kissing and kissing in Bayern, and then there's called and petting of course in Bayern as Bavaria as well. Uh, and then I and then I saw that there is a Oberfucking and Unterfucking. <laughs> Under, oh, the just in the sandwiching the village of fucking. According to so, the subheading on this article, um, the mayor says that residents known as fucking girls have had enough of visitors and their bad jokes. Can you imagine going around and describing yourself as one of them? I'm a fucking girl. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, this is all true, by the way. This is yeah, He's not making this true. up. It's still bona fide. We, we don't do fake news on this. No, we don't do fake news. This is 100% true and it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, 2020 is is brilliant in so many ways. Um, right, that's all we had time for this week. I'd like to thank you, Mo. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. And you, Mr. Oberfucking, <laughs> Mr. William Beckman. Is that my new nickname? General Fucking. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, okay. No. Interesting. Um, I'll go back to requesting six points this week. I think it's possible again, even though I believe my cumulative predictions would have given us one point <laughs> this week. <laughs> but I'd like six. And as always, uh, thank you very much for coming on, Mr. Jake Smalley. Don't be a stranger. No, thanks so much for having me. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I've got probably the weirdest sort of village in my mind now. All these weird mental images go through my head of what these weird people must look like in this weird place. But, yeah. yeah. yeah no, thanks so much for having me.
Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And as always, I'm your host, Nima wishing you a good week. Six points. Stay safe, stay healthy, follow the guidelines, and sempre e solo, forza Inter.